Wow. Okay. Now I think we're ready to start. <laughs> I'm going to let Kent get everything going. And while he's doing that, is there anybody that did not get a handout about forgiveness? Everybody has one? Good. Okay. Last week, this is a three-part teaching. Last week we did all kinds of biblical laying uh, groundwork about God's best for us, about forgiveness. This week, I'm really excited about this week. This week what I'm going to do is share um, some just absolutely rich nuggets about what forgiveness is and what it isn't. And then we're going to have a, a kind of a, if, you're, if you've ever been Catholic, we're going to have, or you are, we're going to have a reconciliation service that is awesome because it's all going to be God. It's all going to be Holy Spirit. So that's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to have like a, a, a ministry time to let go of stuff and to receive God's best for you. We're going to give forgiveness, let go of junk, and then receive from God. So that's what we're going to be doing tonight. And then Fran's going to be sharing whatever God puts on her heart next week. And when we get back, um, from our, our uh, time in Florida, we're going to be having part three of this session, which is about forgiving yourself. It's about condemnation and unworthiness, and it's a lie. So we're going to reveal the lie and share God's truth about condemnation and, and unworthiness. So that's the three parts of the forgiveness that I'm, that I'm sharing with you. So tonight, um, we're going to go ahead and get started. Would you go to the first screen? Um, what I'd like to look at first is this little diagram. This is actually uh, one of the pictures that's in the book, the third book that I wrote called Healed for Life. And what I'd like you to look at, first of all, are the roots here. This is the bad plant, the sick plant that has bad fruit. The reason that the fruit, in fact, let's look at the fruit first, the top of the plant. The reason that that stuff is is Bad, sickness, depression, lack, destructive habits, damaged relationships. The reason that plant is in such bad shape is because of the roots. The roots are completely, completely the yuck of the enemy, the enemy's lies. The ones that we're looking at today are unforgiveness and offense. Unforgiveness and offense can, can be very deep roots that can produce some of those bad fruits like sickness or any of the other ones. There can be a root of bitterness, and that's what we're going to deal with today. These other roots, many of them we've already talked about. We've talked about wrong teaching, wrong thinking, wrong speaking. The next week we're going to talk about unworthiness and condemnation. We're going to go into some teaching on fear, worry, and anxiety. Those are all roots that we want to get out of there. The problem is, if we try to deal with the problem, like the sickness, without getting rid of those roots, you can pick off the bad fruit. You might even have some good results. But it can grow back because the root's still there. So what I really want to do is to look at those roots and expose the lie because that's what they are. Anything that is not of God, anything that is not good, 
is of the enemy. And it's based on his lie. So we're going to expose lies and replace them with truth. If you go to the next slide, you'll see truth. At the bottom of the plant, you'll see God's truth. These are the pieces that God has in place for his kids. Righteousness, justification, grace, forgiveness. These are all parts of the benefits that have been provided for us through Jesus and through his death and resurrection. And as we receive all of the good stuff that God gives us, we respond just like we already responded when we looked at the scripture about Jesus being willing to heal. We respond with praise and with worship and with thanksgiving, with declaring the holiness of God in reverence and adoration. So when we have those as the roots, when we know God's truth and we apply God's truth, then the fruit is wholeness and healing. The fruit is peace even in the midst of turmoil. Even in the midst of a sickness, you can walk through it with peace, with soundness of mind. And the result is the, the benefits, the abundant life that Jesus came to give us. We have seen so many people that have um, started to hear and receive, hear, not just hear, but receive God's truth. And the fruit changes. The fruit of their lives changes. Sometimes it's very immediate. Sometimes it's a very gradual process that takes place. And we just see new, new lives being birthed. That's one of my favorite things about this ministry that, that God has kind of called us into, is to see the new lives, to see the lives changed. And that's what happens. The, the, the roots change, the truth is revealed, the yuck is rooted out and replaced with truth, and then the benefits are what we see just taking place in people's lives. Okay, go ahead and go to the next slide. What we're going to be spending the next little bit of time on is talking about forgiveness and what forgiveness is and what it isn't. I want to share this book with you. It's available at the, at the little table back there. I think it's $10, right, Kent? $10? It is good, isn't it? It is an excellent book. It is probably, I know, with all the books that I've read, it's the best book I've ever read on forgiveness. It's very practical. It really helps explain what forgiveness is and what it isn't. It's written by a, a man named Rodney Hogue, and Kent, the reason I've got the book is because I've heard the man teach several times, and he's really down-to-earth, an amazing teacher and he was doing lots of one-on-one -on -one ministry with people who had lots of inner healing issues and they they were hurting very desperately in their in their heart and he would he's a pastor so he would sit down to counsel people and always almost always forgiveness was such a big issue or such a big root unforgiveness I should say unforgiveness was such a big root that before he could really help them he had to help them understand about forgiveness. So what he does now, he wrote the book, he gives them the book, and he says, read this, then we'll do counseling. This is the prerequisite to counseling. 
So um, we purchased the book. I've read it. My copy is just you know, marked all up and highlighted. And I told Kent, whenever we teach on forgiveness, I want to have these available. So we ordered a bunch of them so that they're available for you guys. So basically what I'm teaching tonight is from here. So first of all, forgiveness is an acknowledgement that an offense has been committed. You need to acknowledge it. You need to know it before you can forgive it. You heard my testimony last week about the offense that I had in my life against my sister. And I'm not going to review it if you weren't here, but let me just say that I had a very long-standing offense that had taken place over 25 years. But it had happened so subtly and so gradually that I didn't even know it. God revealed it to me when I was fighting cancer. He literally showed me when I asked him. I, I simply said, God, what are you telling me? Because I'd been reading scriptures about forgiveness. And I had a... a uh, something in my, in my spirit, in my conscience that was telling me there was something there, but I didn't know what it was until I asked God and he showed me that I had a very, very serious offense against my sister. So the point is that I couldn't forgive her until I acknowledged that there was an offense. Sometimes people put things aside and they say, oh, that's water under the dam. It's gone. I'm not going to, you know, that happened a long time ago. Well, if you haven't forgiven, if you haven't acknowledged that there was an offense and forgiven, it's not water under the dam. It's right there. And it is something that is in the way where the enemy can get a foothold in. So number one, acknowledge that there is an offense. The next slide. Forgiveness doesn't remove or delete the offenses. It isn't denial. It doesn't say, I deny that it ever happened. That's not what forgiveness is. Forgiveness doesn't erase the memory. But what it does is it removes the power of that memory over you. It very often removes the pain that's attached to the memory. That may take time, though. But it absolutely removes the power of the memory. The memory will still be there. It does not declare that forgiveness is... I'm sorry. It does not declare that what that person did was okay. That's not what forgiveness does. And it doesn't conceal the seriousness of the hurt. It doesn't say it wasn't a big deal. That's not what forgiveness does. Okay, the next thing I'd like, the next slide. Forgiveness is a choice. It's your choice. It doesn't have anything to do with the offender. It's a choice that you make. The offender may or may not choose to apologize and forgive. That doesn't matter. What matters is that you make the choice. It matters for them, but it doesn't matter for you. What matters is that you make the choice to forgive. The next slide. We're going to stay here for a few minutes. Forgiveness is releasing a debt. 
The scripture that we read last week, in fact, I think I would like to go there again. Would you please turn with me to Matthew 18? We're going to quickly, and there's this, this scripture is not going to be on a slide, but I just want to review it. Um, starting with verse 23. Forgiveness is releasing a debt. It's canceling a debt. I want to go through this parable that Jesus taught. He's teaching about forgiveness. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a human king who wished to settle accounts with his attendants. When he began the accounting, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents, probably about $10 million. Big debt, right? Huge debt. This is written in Jesus' day. And when Jesus was speaking the parable, he used a number that was so immense in that day in that culture that it was unimaginable 10,000 talents equivalent at that time to 10 million dollars and because this man could not pay his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and his children and everything that he possessed and payment to be made so the attendant fell on his knees begging him have patience with me and I will pay you everything and his master's heart was moved with compassion, and he released him and forgave him, canceling the debt. Okay, we're just going to save the rest of the parable for a, a little bit. So forgiveness is doing exactly what the master did. It's canceling the debt. It's releasing the person, the offender, from debt. Maybe, and I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just hypothesizing here, maybe the person that offended you, maybe you feel that they owe you an apology. God says, just release them. Just cancel the debt. Maybe you, in your heart, that person owes you love and they don't give it to you. But God says, cancel the debt. Maybe they owe you respect and they're not giving you the respect that they should. They owe you respect. But God says, cancel the debt. Maybe they owe you support. God says, cancel the debt. Maybe they owe you time. They owe you help. God says, don't look at what they owe you. Cancel the debt. That's what forgiveness is. It doesn't say that they don't. It acknowledges it, but it says that you're choosing to release them, just like the master did in this parable. You're choosing to release them from the debt. And when you release them, when you make that choice, to release them, what you're doing is you're releasing yourself from the harm that, this, that was done to you through the offense. You're releasing yourself from the harm that was done. When you choose to cancel the debt, something is being broken that was holding you in this harm's way. 
So forgiveness is releasing a debt. Um, the scripture here is from the Our Father, from the Lord's Prayer. In Matthew chapter 6, part of that prayer says, Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. That's what forgiveness is. That's part of what forgiveness is, is releasing the debt, forgiving the debt, just like the parable. Would you go to the next slide, please? This is a big one. Forgiveness brings emotional freedom. In the case of a hurt, a soul wound, I call them soul wounds because your soul is your mind and your will and your emotions. And if those have been hurt desperately by somebody, you may want revenge. But no matter how much that person may suffer, it won't remove your pain. Maybe that offender truly does give remorse and say they're sorry. But even if they offer their remorse and they say they're sorry, it may provide momentary satisfaction, but it doesn't heal the wound completely. The only way for that freedom to happen, that emotional freedom to happen, is when you release your tie to the debtor. When you release that tie, the result is freedom. When you cancel the debt, the tie that has connected you with the person that has hurt you, the tie is no longer there and you are free. I'm going to read the rest of this parable now, which is in Matthew chapter 18, starting with verse 28. But that same attendant, as he went out, found one of his fellow attendants who owed him a hundred denarii, about twenty dollars. And he caught him by the throat and said, pay what you owe. So he had just been forgiven. This man had been forgiven a, a magn of debt so huge, so, so huge that you can't even begin to fathom it. And yet somebody owed him a small debt. He had a small debt, twenty dollar debt. But he wouldn't forgive it. He wouldn't cancel it. So his fellow attendant fell down and begged him earnestly, Give me time and I will pay you all. But he was unwilling. And he went out and had him put in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow attendants saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed, and they went and told everything that had taken place to their master. Then his master called him and said to him, You contemptible and wicked attendant, I forgave and canceled all that great debt of yours because you begged me to. And should you not have had pity and mercy on your fellow attendant as I had pity and mercy on you? And in wrath, his master turned him over to the torturers, the jailers, till they should pay all that he owed. So also my heavenly father will deal with every one of you if you do not freely forgive your brother from your heart his offenses. Where I want to go right now is verse 34. When this man didn't forgive, he was, he was um, turned over to the torturers. That is the place that we are until we forgive the debt. When we are connected to that person, because of the hurt, because 
possibly you want that person punished or you want that person to hurt the way that you hurt. You are connected with them and there is no emotional freedom and you are in that place of the torturers. The enemy has a foothold. The enemy has a tie. God says, forgive so that I can forgive, so that I may forgive. He wants to heal that, that hurt. But in order for him to heal the hurt, we have to let go of that tie. We're hurting ourselves. It's like taking poison and expecting the other person to be hurt. Unforgiveness is like taking poison yourself, because that's what you're doing, and expecting the other person to get poisoned. That's not what happens. You get poisoned when you take poison. And that's what's happening. So when, when you release the person, when you cancel the death, the tie is broken, and that's when you gain emotional freedom. And that's when you're not in jail, as in verse 34 and 35 in the scripture. Now, I just want to review a little bit about the scripture that we talked about last week where Jesus is the one that is the picture, the beautiful, the amazing picture of that master. He is the one that carried all of the debt, the huge debt, the unspeakably large $10 million debt for all of us, all of our sins. He paid the debt. He canceled the debt. The chastisement of our peace, the penalty for our peace, for our wholeness was upon him. He paid it in full, completely, $10 million worth, except way more. He completely paid it. And then the second half of the parable that where the $20 debt is, that's us. And no matter how big the offense is, no matter how big the hurt is in our lives or the hurts or the maybe everybody in your family, maybe you, maybe you grew up in a, a home where you didn't have a mother or a father that was the kind of parent they were supposed to be. Maybe your husband or your wife or your children are all not giving you the love that you should have or the respect that you should have or, or whatever. Maybe everything in your life is a mess. But it's still only a $20 debt compared to what Jesus did for us. And his best is for us to let go of those so that we can gain emotional freedom and receive everything that he has for us. Would you go to the next slide, please? Sometimes our reluctance to forgive is because we think that the offender would be discharged or they wouldn't be guilty anymore. And they deserve punishment because they are guilty. So that may be a reason why you choose not to let go. Genuine forgiveness acknowledges that we don't have the right to be the judge. It's not our position. It's not our job description. But it is Jesus's job description when we forgive when we release that person from us what we're doing is we're releasing them from us and the tie that has connected us to that person is broken but we're releasing them to Jesus and he is the just judge 
and our defender. Oh boy, I just felt a huge anointing on that. So I'm going to say it again. When we choose to release the debt, the debtor, when we choose to forgive the debtor, the, the, the bondage that we have been in is broken. We're no longer in bondage. And when, and, and, when we release them, we are releasing them into the hand of the just judge. It's not our position. We're not the judge. Jesus is. Now, God's will is that all men are saved. God's will is that all are forgiven. God's will is that all are healed and set free. But that is the potential, but it's not actual until we make the choice to receive Jesus as our Lord and our Savior. Till we make the choice. So when you release the offender into the hands of Jesus, Jesus is their judge. If they turn to Jesus, which is God's best for them, then they too will be forgiven. We don't need to worry about that. But the point is it's in Jesus' hands, not ours anymore. There's a scripture I would like to share with you. It's Romans 12. In fact, if you have your Bible, would you please turn there? Romans 12, verse 19. Beloved, I love it when God starts scriptures with beloved. He is just giving you a, a, a tender greeting. So the scripture is about releasing debtors is what i'm going to read it in a minute that's what it's about but the first word of the scripture is because i love you so much because i care so much beloved now this is a different translation so it doesn't start with beloved i probably should have used the new king james because it does start with beloved but i'll go ahead and read the one that's up there Never take your own revenge, beloved. There it is, beloved. But leave room for the wrath of God, for it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. So God says, don't take vengeance yourself. Release them to me. I'll take care of it. I'll take care of you. So Jesus is our just judge. So release the person into the hands of Jesus. Would you go to the next slide? Forgiveness does not require a restoration of a relationship. It may, but it doesn't have to. Forgiveness is necessary. Forgiveness is important. It's critical. It is vital to the abundance of life that Jesus came to give us. To receive that abundance of life, it is absolutely vital to forgive. Reconciliation is not. Forgiveness is necessary, but reconciliation is not. Reconciliation focuses on the relationship, and it requires both parties to be in agreement. 
It may be that both parties are not in agreement. But your choice can still be to forgive. In my case with my sister, there was reconciliation. We were both in agreement. We both talked. The offense, the wall of offense crumbled. And now there is no more wall between us. We have reconciliation in our relationship. But if it is a very hurtful um, relationship, you may not, reconciliation may not be the best. Reconciliation is not required, but forgiveness is. And the next slide goes right hand in hand with this, and that is that boundaries may need to remain. Forgiveness does not mean that you should remove proper boundaries that could prevent further damage. If you've been wounded and the potential for further wounding is possible or even probable, boundaries may be necessary. If there is a very hurtful relationship, you may need to stay out of that relationship. You still, it's still important to release that person to choose to forgive them. But boundaries may still be necessary, and that's, that's okay. I'm sure some of you have boundaries where you know that there are certain people that you just have to be careful, that you have a boundary around your heart. That's protection. There's nothing wrong with that. That doesn't mean that you haven't forgiven. And the last one, forgiveness does not restore trust. Trust must be earned. With all of that being said, for me, knowing the parameters of forgiveness really helped me to say, okay, I can do that. I'm releasing them to Jesus. I'm gaining emotional freedom. And I'm releasing this to Jesus. And I'm separating myself from the hurt and receiving the healing. That's why I wanted to share that, that teaching on forgiveness. You have a little bit of notes in front of you, and the book is full of great stuff just like that, except way more in depth. Where I would like to go now is, okay, that's what forgiveness is. That's what it does. But the next question is, okay, how do I do it? What do I do? So that's the screen that's the next screen that's going to be up there is how do I forgive? First of all, and we talked about this last week, search your heart. You may know, you may know, you may not have any question about who you need to forgive. Maybe there's nobody and that's wonderful. But it's always good to ask God. And I have the words on my, on my notes written down. God, reveal and heal. Reveal and heal. When I was going through cancer, God revealed to me the offense. When I asked him, I just said, God, what are you trying to tell me? Because I had that conscience thing going on. And as soon as I asked him, he showed me. So reveal and heal. Um, would you please turn in your Bible to Psalms 139? Mm-hmm. You pray it all the time? Excellent. And it just, it just continuously, um, when you meditate on a scripture, it continually just stirs in your heart and God can speak to you through it. Okay, starting with verse 23. 
Search me thoroughly, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there is any wicked or hurtful way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. So God, search my heart. Show me. Show me. The word wicked in here sounds kind of like a harsh word, but that word I looked up this morning in, the con in a concordance, and that word, one of the meanings of the word is idle. Idle. And idle is when you put anything above God. If you have somebody in your life that you have not forgiven, that person becomes an idol. And you're making that, th their power, their power over you is bigger than God's power in your lives. When you allow that unforgiveness to be, to hold on to it, and you say, I'm not letting go of it. I can't let go of it. When you do that, that power is an idol because it's bigger. Anything that you put above God is an idol, and that's what you're doing. Instead of letting God have the power to heal, you're giving that person the power. That's why God says, forgive so that I can forgive. So the first step is, if need be, is to search your heart. The next one is to confess. And that word confess means to acknowledge the offense. Remember I said the first part about forgiveness is to acknowledge that there is an offense? So acknowledge the offense to God, to yourself and to God. And confession means to agree. Another meaning of the word confess is to agree with God. So you're coming to agreement with God in his best and seeing it as God sees it. Like the this parable that we read where God says, cancel the debt. I canceled it. You can too. We're coming to, into agreement with God and we're acknowledging the offense. And then make a choice to forgive. Make a choice Make a conscience choice, even if the feelings aren't there. Don't go by feelings. Feelings we're going to talk about in a minute, lingering feelings. Don't go by feelings. Go by what God's word says and say, I am making the choice. Even if you still have all kinds of feelings there, you can still say, I make the choice to forgive. We're going to walk through this together in a minute. There is an amazing part of God's grace. God's grace is his unmerited favor. God's grace is that amazing gift that he's given to us as a result of, the, of Jesus dying for us. But part of God's grace is the power. There's power with it. And there's power to help you to forgive. So ask for it. Ask for it. He's already given it to you. It's already provided, but just like healing, we can, we can ask and then thank him for it. So do that. Ask God for his help, for his grace, to help you to let go and release that. So you're going to make the choice. You're going to ask God if you need to for his grace. Well, you shouldn't say if you need to because we don't do anything on our own power. We do it with his power, with his help. So we ask for his power, his grace, and then we literally release the offender. We say, I release you into the hands of Jesus. I'm not going to hold on to that anymore. I'm going to release it.
I'm going to release the offense. I'm going to release the problem. I'm going to release the hurt. I'm going to release it to Jesus. That's the process of forgiving. I'm going to tell you a testimony now, and then I'm going to go on with this lesson. Um, I was in a, a, a ministry setting, and it was, it was a small setting. It was one person, and then it was um, a minister, and I was there as well. So there was actually one person and then two ministers, and I was an observer. And the woman um, was... Um, I have to kind of tell you how it went. Um, the minister asked the woman to ask God if there was anybody she needed to forgive. Just like we talked about, ask God. And so she did. And God showed her that she needed to forgive her father. Now her father died when she was a little tiny girl, like two or three years old. And God showed her that she was angry at her daddy for dying and leaving her. She didn't have a dad. She didn't have a dad to, you know, do what dads do. Be with her little girl when a little girl grew up. She didn't have a dad to, you know, be her protector and her provider. And her mom did it. But God revealed to her that there was an, a need to forgive her father, literally, because he died when she was a little girl. Um, on a side note, this woman was my age. I'm 55. And she had never married a beautiful woman with a beautiful personality. And here this woman was who had lost her father, didn't have a provider, a protector, had never forgiven her dad, and as a result had never been open to receive the love of a husband or the love of a man. When that soul wound is healed, then I, I mean, I, I, amazing what potential there is. So anyway, I want to tell you, the, the, this is the part I want to tell you. So she, she did. She made the choice. She did just what we're going to do in a minute. She released the, the debt. She released her dad owed her life. You know, her dad owed to be there for her, and he wasn't. So she released him from the debt. She released him from all harm that had been done to her. And then God did something really cool. He replaced it. Because what happens when a lie is revealed and truth replaces it? And then you're set free. But this is what God did. Um, and we're going to do this too. But the, the minister asked her. She handed the, the, the thing to God, released it to God. And then she said, God, what do you have for me in exchange? And this is what he gave her. She saw herself receiving a heart transplant. She saw in her, in her mind's eye, her eyes were closed, and she saw Jesus come and take out of her chest a little girl heart that was all cracked. She's telling us this. She's seeing it, and she's telling us. And Jesus took that heart, the little girl cracked heart, and put it aside and he brought in this new adult-sized heart that was shiny. It was like gold. It was all shiny and, and good. And he put it in her chest, and then he just, like, massaged her chest and just tenderly gave her heart transplant. Friends, that is what happens when we forgive. God gives us heart transplants. He takes away the yuck 
and he replaces it with everything good that he has for us. Okay, the next slide. When you forgive, this is what happens. Remember I said unforgiveness gives the open door to the enemy. In the scripture that we read in Matthew, the parable of the unforgiving servant, when, when the, the person was released to the jailers and the torturers, that's the enemy. So when we forgive, we are enforcing an eviction notice to the enemy. And the foothold that he had, his illegal authority, because he has no authority, Jesus has stripped him of his authority, but that foothold that he had is gone, and he's evicted. You're calling on God, you're calling on God to uproot that bitter root, that unforgiveness root. Remember the picture of the plant we saw? What you're doing when you forgive is you're getting that root out. You're declaring that your heart, that piece of your real estate, has a new landlord. The enemy don't, is no longer part of it. Jesus is your landlord. Isn't that good news? Okay. Now, what about those lingering feelings? Because we've probably all done there. We've said, okay, I think I've, forgotten, I think I've forgiven somebody, but I still feel hurt or I still feel... Um, anger or I still feel guilt or I still feel something so what about those lingering feelings well first of all remember that forgiveness you made the choice to forgive it's an act of your will so you have forgiven it's not based on emotions but your emotions will follow suit now all the time that you have been holding on to unforgiveness all that time, and it may have been a while. In my case, it was 25 years. All that time, you've been building or you've been giving way to an ungodly stronghold. I had the enemy's little foot in my heart for 25 years. So what we need to do is to replace that with a godly stronghold by renewing our mind by renewing our mind. And here's something that you can renew your mind with. You can meditate. Instead of on that stuff, you can meditate on God's forgiveness for you. You can meditate on what God has done for you. Like the first part of that parable about all the debt that God has paid for, all of your debt that was canceled, all of your debt that has been completely wiped away, gone, completely acquitted. You're completely acquitted. So you can look at your own, look at your own, and you can see that. You can meditate on how good God is and what he's done for you. You can meditate on his mercy. Grace is that awesome gift that says, this is free. This is a freebie, Cindy. This is my righteousness for you. You are justified, just like you've never done anything. You can meditate on his grace. You can also meditate on his mercy. Mercy is that even though we deserved consequences because of our sin, mercy means that God chooses to release us. So you can reflect on his grace and his mercy. That's one thing you can do. Another is to speak out loud of your forgiveness. 
because there's power in what God's kids declare. We know that. We've been talking about that in the area of speaking about your healing, speaking God's promises over your body. But there's the same power when you declare your forgiveness out loud. As you speak out loud, I forgave that person. I chose to forgive them. I released them. I did. I chose to forgive them. As you speak out loud, there is power. And your soul, your emotions will line up with what's already completed. It's already done. You've already forgiven. You've already released them. There is no more bondage. And your soul, your emotions will line up with that. And the pain that was attached to the memory will be healed. The emotions will go away. The guilt, the anger, whatever it is that's, that's attached to that. But it may take some time. Okay, now comes the fun part. What we're going to be doing, oh boy, I should have looked at my watch before now, I apologize, but we're still going to do this. What we're going to do now is we're going to... Um, I'm going to stop for just a second so Ken can get some music on. We're going to um, put some music on, and we're going to go through a ministry time. This is the reconciliation service part that I told you about. It's all completely private. You don't have to go to confession like I did when I was a little girl. (laughs) This is all completely between you and God. But I am going to lead you through um, uh, just letting go of things. Um, There are some papers. Uh, I hope everybody has a pen. I'm going to tell you kind of what to do with those as we go through this little part of the, um, of the meeting. The first thing that we're going to do is we're going to go to Father God and we're going to search our hearts. So we're going to ask him to reveal to us if there's anybody you need to forgive. And what I have um, come to know through ministering to people, I've ministered one-on-one with quite a few people this whole forgiveness Um, process that we're going through and what I found is I lead them to ask Father God he may know something that you don't that you don't recognize and what you think might be a big deal might not even be a big deal to him so what I've learned is I ask Father God Father God who do you say that I need to forgive and let him reveal to you there may be one person there may be more than one But the first thing we're going to do is to, I'm going to literally have you speak those words to him. So let's do that. And then we're just going to take some quiet time. So say, Father God, God, who do I need to forgive forgive right right now? Next thing I would like you to do is to take the white pieces of paper. There's two there. If you need more, 
There are extra ones around on the tables if you have more than two people. And we go to the next slide, Tom. I want you to write on each piece of paper, I choose to forgive, fill in the name, and then for whatever it is. And just keep it simple. I choose to forgive and put the name and then what you're forgiving them for. Can we go to the next slide? This is a big deal, guys. What we're going to do now is we're going to say what's up here. And when we get to the, the blank place, I want you to put the person's name in the blank, just very quietly. And if you've got more than one, just go ahead and do it with both or two or three or however many people you have that you're releasing right now. Because what we're doing, we've already written it down, but now we're saying, God, I release this person to you. I release them from the harm done to me. And when we do that, the tie is broken. The captivity that you were in, you're released from it. This is where the emotional freedom comes. This is where the healing of the soul wound comes. So let's just say it together. I release this person from any harm done to me. Let's say it again. I release this person from any harm done to me. And now I want you to take your paper and I want you to fold it up. Because what you're doing is it's in there. <laughs> You've released it. And Kent's going to start a forgiveness worship song right now. And when he does that, what I'd like you to do is when you're ready, come up, put your things in the basket here at the cross. You're leaving them with Jesus. You're leaving them. They're gone. They're not yours anymore. You have made the choice 
to forgive. You've made the choice to release that person from the harm done to you. Father God, I thank you. When the music comes on, you can just feel free to come up and put those in the basket. I'm just going to speak some things here. Maybe I won't. I'll wait. Last thing on your mind today to those who don't deserve Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Within you have to say the word forgiveness. Jesus, forgiveness. Flies in the face of all your pride, moves away the mad inside, anger's own worst enemy. And when the jury and the judge say you got a right to hold a grudge, set it free. Forgiveness, yes, Lord. Forgiveness. Freedom, 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 freedom. Mm. Forgiveness. Show me how to love the unlovable. Show me how to reach the unreachable. Help me now to do the impossible. Forgiveness. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now to do the impossible. Forgiveness. Thank you, Lord. Mm -hmm. Yes. No more bitter root. Yes. Can do Go and be amazed. See through eyes of grace. Prisoner that it really frees is you. Yes, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Forgiveness. 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 Show me how to love the unlovable. Show me how to reach the unreachable. Help me now to do the impossible. 
forgiveness. Yes, Lord. To see what your mercy sees. To give what you gave to me. Forgiveness. Jesus. Forgiveness. Forgiveness. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 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 So we've let go of things. We've released them. We've made the choice to forgive. And now this is what we're going to do. Say, Father God, I hand to you anger. Go ahead and just physically lift it up and give it to him. The anger that was attached to those things, just give it to God. Say, Father God, I hand to you bitterness. Say, Father God, I hand to you fear. Father God, I hand to you hurt. Father God, I hand to you pain. Father God, I hand to you guilt. Let him take it. And now say, Father God, what do you give me in exchange? Now on that little yellow piece of paper, the post-it note, this is where you write. What Father God gave you in exchange? Maybe you felt something in your heart. Maybe you saw something. Maybe you heard something in your a still God's still small voice. Maybe you sensed something. There's many ways that He speaks to us. That is God's truth, guys. That is his truth that replaced the lie that you were holding on to. Is there anybody that would like to share what God spoke to them when, you, when we said, what did you give me in exchange? Oh, yeah. Peace and freedom and a new life. Wow. Wow. Is there anybody else who would like to share what God gave to them? Elise. Safety and a garden. Safety and a garden. Oh, that's gorgeous. Safety. 
in a garden. Mm. I love to see what he, what, he, what he gives to people, what he shares with them. Anybody else? Anything they'd like to share? guys hear that he he gave her uh, say it again and I'll repeat it one line at a time okay a picture of herself in a wedding dress said you are my beautiful bride and you are pure and white and lovely isn't he good isn't he good You may have a sense of, of lightness, like relief. That's God speaking to you. You may have a sense of his love. That's God speaking to you. You may have a, a, a vision of light. That's God speaking to you. I don't want you to think, oh, I didn't hear anything. He's loving on you. His word is truth. His word says to forgive that you may be forgiven. And that's what we've just done. That's truth. I have one more prayer that I would like to have you repeat after me. This is a prayer. We've taken a lot of ground back. And this is a prayer to just kind of seal the deal. So I'm just going to read it and you repeat after me. Lord, your desire is that my soul be restored. I confess that I have given over legal ground for the adversary to set up camp in my life and build strongholds of bitterness. As I have confessed my unforgiveness to you, and have revoked the legal right for the strongholds to stay. I ask you now to permanently take back the ground that I have given over to bitterness. I ask you to remove any residue of bitterness in my life. I permanently surrender my right to hang on to unforgiveness. I surrender my right to blame anyone in order to stay bitter. Thank you, Jesus, for taking this ground back. Father God, I thank you for the word that you spoke tonight and for your love, for the freedom, Father, that, that we receive as we let go of stuff. I thank you, Father, that that is sealed, that the work that was done is sealed in the precious blood of Jesus. Right now, I would like you to just envision right now Jesus with his blood just covering your heart and sealing it, protecting it with his blood, with his precious blood.
Mm, thank you, Lord, for what you're doing and what you've done. We receive it openly. We receive it with great thanksgiving. We give you the glory and the honor and the praise, our great Redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. Ministry team, we are here. We're available for you. Kent's going to put on some music, and you guys can just stay and soak or worship if you want. You're welcome to come up and get prayer for your bodies, for anything else as well. <laughs>